And then we'll kind of talk about where you're at now. And we have a box of Kleenex and two bars of chocolate standing by. Great. Awesome. Hi, I'm Dahlia. I'm not your therapist, but I am a dating coach, a matchmaker, and your new best friend when your real best friend just doesn't want to listen to you anymore. So let's have it. Question from an Instagram follower. Here's a question my friends and I have been debating. After a first date, if someone really likes you, when's a good time frame for date two and three? This is a good question. I don't think there's a rule. I do think if someone really likes you, they're going to make an effort to see you again. But at the same time, they had a life before you came along. They might not have been expecting to like you as much as they did. Might be a week or so that they've already got plans for. They could be going out of town. I don't think a whole lot of stock should be put into this at the very beginning. You do want things to pick up over time, but I also know there's an ebb and flow when you're introducing a new person to your life. So I've had a client recently who is nervous because the guy she was seeing, they had dates pretty frequently the first couple of weeks. And as they settled into a little bit of a rhythm, got a little more comfortable, they are seeing each other a little less right now. He already had some plans that he had before he knew her. I don't think this is any cause to freak out. First of all, there's nothing you can do about it if it does mean while they're losing interest. And second of all, you want to be cool in the beginning. And I'm not saying don't speak up for what you need and want, but before you've really established what you are and you're still in that feeling each other out phase, it's best if you can be flexible and understanding that people have other things to do and they're not going to clear their schedule for you, but that doesn't mean they're not into you. Just not everything is a junior high relationship and not everything is one of those relationships where all of a sudden you just see each other every single day. I generally don't trust those relationships. They feel real great and then they fizzle out real fast. So I'm fine with two adults going a few days or even a week or so between dates when they first start dating. Yes, it should pick up momentum if both people are looking for the same thing and you don't want it to go from, we were seeing each other twice a week and now I see him every three weeks. That's probably a sign that he's not into it or she's not into it. So you might want to talk about it then and say, hey, just want to make sure we're on the same page with this. Do you want to keep seeing each other? If not, that's fine. I'm not really looking for something where I see a person every three weeks. There's a way to do that without pulling the like, are you looking for a relationship? Because as I love to say, most people are not looking for a relationship. They're looking for the person that makes them want to have a relationship. All this to say, don't put too much pressure on how much you text, how often you see each other. You're starting out seeing someone. You're two grown adults with lives. Let it take its natural ebb and flow. You might see each other more one week and not so much the other, but probably the worst thing you could do is be like, hey, what happened? We were seeing each other three times and then now I haven't seen you for two weeks. Like chill. Two weeks is a long time, so I'll give you that. But, you know, stay calm for at least the first month or so. And then if things aren't kind of catching on by that point, it's safe to assume maybe you're not on the same page. But I don't think there's a rule. And I think probably a lot less pressure could be put on this and then probably the results you want will actually come about as opposed to if you start prematurely freaking out, that person's going to sense your anxiety and that's not someone they probably want to be in a long-term relationship with. So use your judgment, ask yourself if it's really that big of a deal before you approach the topic and just give it time and breathe and distract yourself with other nice things to do while you're waiting. So I am here with the lovely and talented actress slash writer slash, I'm going to call you a comedian, even though you're not officially, you don't do stand up, but you're like very funny as a human and you also look like a human Barbie doll. So I think that's funny because it's just like you're this powerful Amazon woman and then you're also like a Barbie doll in the best sense of the word. With a much more interesting face. Okay, enough disclaimers. This is Alex Henriksen. Instagram is at a girl Alex. She, you will see her all over. She's writing a new series for Freeform about female park rangers, which is just going to be amazing. Writing it with Jenna Fisher. I'm writing Jenna Fisher is executive producing. You are writing Jenna Fisher is executive producing. Glad we got that. I need to write all this stuff down. Alex is a dear friend of mine from college, and Alex has had ups and downs of relationships, and she's being charitable enough to come on here and talk about them. She did text me earlier in the week 
that she was going through a breakup and said she would be willing to come on the podcast and talk about it. We've talked a little about this in the past, but I'm going to ask you to kind of like catch me up on what happened. Maybe we'll go into your background a little, the background of the relationship and the relationship before that, and then we'll kind of talk about where you're at now. And we have a box of Kleenex and two bars of chocolate standing by. Great. Awesome. Um, Yeah. So... Oh, God, where do you start? Well, first, let's start with your amazing eyelashes. No, I'm just kidding. I did, I did just get my eyelashes done, and I will cry them off. Um, Please, that would be such a waste. Okay, so let's see. I guess, like, what happened was I was working a job. Mm-hmm. I met this wonderful, kind, generous, even still, like, a kind, generous, wonderful human being that I just felt, oh, I'm already crying. It's amazing. <laughs> um <laughs> Um, this wonderful person that my heart just kind of leapt at, you know? And I think that's how I choose my boyfriends. I'm like, did my heart leap, you know? Mm-hmm. And I saw this wonderful person at the end of the time. He asked for my number. I gave it to him and then didn't really hear from him for like a week and a half. And then I got this really sweet message that was like, hey, I'm going to be in Los Angeles. Do you want to go to this place? party with me and we did and we had this I mean it was a whirlwind you know we had this like two weeks of perfection and interesting use of word perfection um (laughs) (laughs) but like a very he was generous he's this um self-made man you know which is like he comes from hardship and is earnest and hardworking and keeps moving forward and that is very attractive to me and he also like held me like we finally had sex finally after 12 days but for us you know we saw each other every day I met his friends you know like it was just I felt very safe which is a big deal for me because um when I was little when I was four and a half my dad was murdered and he was there one day and then he was gone the next and that's really hard when you have no idea what death even means and the night before he died, we had a fight about broccoli. <laughs> I didn't eat my broccoli. <laughs> there go the eyelashes, Dolly. No, they're going to stay. They're staying. I'm willing them to stay. They'll stay. Um, it's worth it. We need an eyelash sponsor to jump in whenever Can someone cries them off. I, went to, I found this great place on Jenny on Groupon. Okay, we're distracting anyway. from the issue right. at hand. Well, that's also where the comedy comes from sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I have this Thing where I grew up without a dad for the most part. And the dad that I had was, you know, he went to Yale and Harvard Law and was the editor of the Harvard Law Review. He was this big kind of Hamlet ghost type man. Mm-hmm. And so when, when I got, uh, my stepfather came into the picture, who's an incredible man, but he was a dry drunk at the time. So mm. he also wasn't a great example of... What's a dry drunk? It's like basically where you know you're an alcoholic, but you're like, oh, I did AA. I'm fine now. And it's like you're just like, you're not drinking alcohol, but you're like quietly... and You're still an alcoholic, but just untreated. And you're like, look, I'm not drinking alcohol, but all the same kind of behaviors. Interesting. Okay. So it wasn't an easy transition when he moved in when I was about 11 or 12. Mm-hmm. Then I had a boyfriend, <laughs> one of my earliest boyfriends, was um, not a kind person. Just some physical stuff, mainly verbal abuse, but, but sometimes physical. And so all these early sort of men in my life, it didn't feel like I had a great example mm-hmm. of love. Mm-hmm. And so I think... You know, you remember Paolo Parmigiani, and (laughs) I fell in love with an Italian man who sailed boats. Maybe just for his name. I mean, and everyone's like, "What's his name?" I'm like Parmigiani, and they're like, "Well, that's so creamy." Um, But so I I think that I always thought love was something you had to earn and work for and fight for. So I think that I get attracted to these kind of men, and maybe some that are maybe not so available. Mm -hmm. And so that's something I've been working with my therapist on. Good. Because does she say, I mean, I'm not a therapist, as the title of this podcast says, but does she think it's kind of a like, maybe when you were four, you somewhere in your brain thought it was your fault that your dad disappeared? Absolutely. So now you're like, if I work hard enough, they won't disappear. Absolutely. Maybe I am a therapist. I mean... (laughs) 
You're doing great. Oh, thanks. <laughs> so are you. Okay, go on. Um, Paolo Parmigiani. So Paolo Parmigiani. So it's been sort of this this kind of recurring... I had a very healthy relationship with a wonderful man named Paul Sullivan. Yeah. He's the best. <laughs> We're still friends. It was a very successful relationship for about five years. We lived together. You know, we, we did... I told you we didn't cohabitate. I did cohabitate with that mm-hmm. man mm-hmm. in a rent-controlled apartment on 13th Street in New York. Wow. Why did you ever leave? I mean, I don't know. We I don't made know. a huge mistake. <laughs> Paul, but, Paul, are you out there? Paul? Are you, are you're you still, how's Sam doing, your girlfriend? Oh, no. (laughs) It's okay. Okay. But I, I so I I do have a good example, I think. But even in the years post that, I think it's this thing where like, if I work hard, if I, if I show you how lovable I am, then you'll stay. And so I think what really hurt with this guy is I think he's a good man. He's going through, if you could choose a man not to date because mm. there were red flags mm-hmm. it's him mm-hmm. <laughs> you know it's like I think his divorce was finalized last week he you know like it's just he's been divorced three times he is in the industry so he's surrounded by a lot of people that are like yes people that are all very very nice but I feel like it's sort of I probably shouldn't say that but um it's kind of insulated him totally no I think that happens a lot when you're successful in the industry people stop saying no to you and stop being real with you and while I'm sure it's nice at first to have everybody love you like then how do you grow if no one is challenging you and no one's calling you on anything exactly so it's like I saw this person that when so so basically had this whirlwind so two weeks two you weeks. had sex after 12 days yeah and he held me right afterwards he said sex is a big deal for me I'm a relationship man and I'm committed to you and if there is a girl like a daddy died girl like that is what you want to hear mm-hmm. you know words versus actions so, right <laughs> correct he bought me a plane ticket to go visit him he lives across the country mm-hmm. I flew to visit him I arrive there's like a big bouquet of flowers that says welcome to my life Ugh. I start crying because I feel so safe we have sex after that he can hardly look me in the eyes the rest of the time for the whole trip pretty much we had a couple conversations where he was like oh I just feel guilty you're in the house I, I lived in with my ex-wife and you know like I'm having this guilt and I'm like I am a grown-up I can totally understand that what do you need how do we you know and I kept trying to engage mm-hmm. and kind of be like okay so here's how do we move through this and like mm-hmm. if you tell me about it that's okay and you know all this kind of stuff but it just kind of it got worse and then it got better and like by the time I left he was like you know I know it didn't seem like it but I really enjoyed having you here you know and I was like okay yeah me too and like it was a bad we're gonna look back on this and laugh that I shouldn't have come to uh your <laughs> house that you shared with your ex-wife like while you're moving her stuff out like there were pictures of her around you know like it was like there were just a lot of like I wish I could have gotten out at that moment yeah and I do remember I don't remember if it was right around then but before you guys had had sex you kind of reached out to me and you were like is this normal like is this okay should I be worried and you know generally I don't like to generalize and be like this is the way relationships go But as I've talked about before on this show, I experience a lot of women in particular with things starting out rocky where they already have to be questioning it. They already have to be kind of fighting for it. They already have to be understanding of all this guy's baggage. And there's nothing wrong with baggage. Everyone has it. But when a relationship is starting out with like this weird thing and that weird thing and and I don't Again, I don't generalize, so like it could easily have ended up that that was a rocky beginning and it could totally take off from there. But there were, there were warning signs where I just said to you, make sure you're also getting what you need. It shouldn't be just, I'm understanding this person, I'm being patient with them, I'm waiting for them to get over their ex-wife, I'm understanding they don't want to have sex. Like you have needs too. And as long as you're not going to be, there's no chance on earth that you would be selfish about it or that you would be like, me, me, me. So like you don't run that risk. So it would be okay to be, I'm going to be here for you. But in the meantime, here's what I need. You can't have sex yet. Fine. I need affection. I need reassurance. I need emotional support, whatever it is. And to have that trip happen. And I've been there where it's like, 
clearly things are wrong, but I just want to make them right. And I believe if I do the right things and I'm patient and I'm kind and I'm loving, he'll come to me. And once in a while, I'm sure that does happen. But more often than not, that's how the relationship is going to be. I remember you said like one of the best things I've ever heard around that time. And I like want to get it tattooed. Um, It was something like, because I had this other person had asked me on a date. I said to him, I was like, hey, you know, like I'm gonna, this guy asked me on a date. Like, I think I should probably, I don't know, do you have feelings about that? And he goes, fuck no, hell no, don't, what? No, you can't go on a date with someone else. I want, I want you, you know? And I was like, oh, again, dad, I'm like, yeah, Yeah, you want me here, great. And then the, like, sex was feeling kind of like there was some wall there. And then (laughs) Dahlia said, um, what did you say? It was something like, if he wants your body, he has to use it. Yeah. (laughs) That sounds like something I would say. It's like, if you're going to take ownership of my body, then you got to use it. Yeah. You can't be like, no one's allowed to come here, but I'm not using it either. That's like, you know, going into a theater and saving a whole row of seats, but no one comes. Like, you... You got to use it or you lose it, basically. And that was what, and I, and after that, I did have a conversation with him. And that night we did have sex and it was great sex. And we had sex the rest of the week and it was really fun and playful. And was this after the trip or this this was was before before the the trip? trip. Yeah. And then we get to the trip. I think I even said to him like, should we have sex in your, the bed you shared with your ex-wife? And he was like, yeah, it's fine. And then it was like, clearly it wasn't fine. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But again he couldn't talk it through with me. Right. I was showing up. He was slowly going back. And and the problem is, the dead daddy part, is I have a hard time trusting my gut. Mm. So that's why I'm checking in with you. I'm checking in with my female friends going like, is this normal? Right. Like trying to not have a gut reaction because I'm an anxious attacher. Okay. If we're doing attachment sure. theory. Like uh-huh. I'm like, so I'm trying to be more of a secure and like trust that I'm lovable, trust that I'm wanted because that's also dead daddy it's like where did you go i guess i'm not it's my fault so Mm -hmm. i'm not wanted i'm not lovable so what does the uh not trusting your instinct have to do with the that how does that i think it comes from there have been times in my life where i have loved someone because i was afraid they would leave Mm -hmm. more than than staying right and and also the what i've worked really hard on is you know this if i'm unlovable why would any why would anyone stay mm-hmm. so i it's almost like i and in this relationship i think i did learn no i'm lovable and and he really i think did want to be with me he just couldn't get there yeah, you know totally. like he couldn't show up because his demons were so loud okay so you left the trip and i also want to say i do think i agree that some of it is from your childhood trauma clearly but i would also say at this point you're not trusting your instinct anymore because you've had a few bad experiences. So you're also like, well, but when I thought I was, I I was wrong. So now not only do I have that childhood stuff to deal with, but I also now I'm not trusting myself at all based on the choices I've made. And, you know, we've, we've all had that. And I do think a lot of that is just saying, yeah, that's part of learning. And that doesn't mean I have bad choices. That doesn't mean I have bad instinct doesn't mean I'm broken. It just means I'm learning. And it takes some people more experiences to learn than others. You haven't had that many bad ones. I mean, you've had bad ones. But we've all had bad ones. We've had bad ones. I didn't tell you about the cowboy. Oh, God. And there was the older man. <laughs> the thing is, the problem with you is you love a good story. You're a writer. So you're like, this seems like a disaster. But man, oh, man, what a good story. Paolo Parmigiani, here I come. <laughs> Cowboy, yes. Old man, yes. Sign me up. Good story. Which I can respect and appreciate because that's definitely why I got married. You get that. I remember. (laughs) (laughs) But at a certain point, it's like, well, do you want the story or do you want like the nice bedtime? You know what I mean? Like, do you want to have the the comfort or do you want the excitement? Not that you have to choose. There's excitement and comfort, but like, which is more important at this point in your life, you know? It's a good question because I honestly remember being seven or eight, such a Capricorn, and being like, I want a life of stories, like planning my Mm. life and being like, I want a good story. I want to be a storyteller. I want to be surrounded by great stories. I want to tell all my grandkids, like, guess who I did? Daisy. I'm impressed. (laughs) My granddaughter's name, Daisy. If you're my future daughter, I already gave you her name. Um, (laughs) 
<laughs> but you know, like, and now I'm coming to a place where I'm like, maybe I don't have to suffer for the story though. Totally. And also, they're all different kinds of stories. Like, as we've learned in, you know, TV writing 101 or whatever, like having a scene between two women not about a guy, what's it about? Isn't that a thing? Your podcast fails the Bechtel test. (laughs) No, totally. 100% fails. Proud of it. That's not the way I live my life. But I am saying there are other stories to be told than I dated this crazy guy and he fucked me, you know? Yes. Literally. Not literally. Both. Both. Yes. Um, So anyways, sorry. I keep taking you off track of this trajectory. But so you went on the trip. The trip was not. And then when you left, he was like, sorry, I've really enjoyed having you here. I believe that we can do this. And you were like, I believe you. I want to believe you. And then you left. And then what? And and that was not that long ago. No, that was like three weeks ago. Yeah. Um, and then it just like my instinct, everything inside me was going like, this guy is not ready for this. This guy is not telling his truth. And like, I just wanted so badly to just call him and say, Hey, this is not the thing right now. That's okay. You're wonderful. I'm wonderful. Let's be friends. If this ever becomes the thing, give me a call. Mm -hmm. But I just stuck with it. I stuck with it until it was bad and I felt it be bad. I felt that the more available I was. Like, I would even, like, go for a while and be like, all right, this is it. And then I get a call from him being like, I'm so sorry I've been gone, baby. I just, you know, miss you. And, like, like so... This- so this was... This this time was mostly long distance? Or mm-hmm. did you guys... Did he come here again? Did you see each other? Or this mm-hmm. whole stretch was... This was trying all long to- distance. Okay. And it was... There was conversation about, like... And also, like, he had a bad memory. Like, I would, I would be there. Like, it would be like, all right, well, I'll see you this weekend. And then it would turn into, like, something else would happen. And then it would be the next weekend. Like, it was, I just, I'm like, what? I have no idea what was going on in his brain. Mm-hmm. And so the last time we talked was maybe, like, last week on Tuesday. He texted me and said, hey, let's have a, let's have a check-in tonight. And it was, we had a check-in that night. We were, like, FaceTime. I was like, I can't wait to see you because I was going to see him the next weekend can't wait to see you I was like I miss you he goes yeah I really miss you too and like it was very genuine and Mm -hmm. he was sending me like cute videos and like it was very loving I was like okay and then the next morning I text like on a Wednesday morning text him I was like hey what so let me know about that thing and then around 6 p.m. I hadn't heard from him which isn't so weird he was like look I have ADHD I'm not Mm. I'm not great at this part you Mm -hmm. know I was like that's okay also he's slightly older right and I feel like Mm -hmm. the older generation doesn't use text the same way we do like yes they're kind of like, oh, it's just for information. It's not like I'm checking in with you all day, which I kind of think they're right about. I like it, but it's also like you used to. You know, it, it hasn't been like a common oh, theme of yeah, him being okay. bad at texting. Mm-hmm. It's like he it, got bad. Gotcha. It got worse. Okay. He's pulling away clearly at this point. Yes. Yeah. And, but making it sound like he's not, you know? Mm-hmm. And I'm a very trusting person person and I'm like oh, okay well if you say so I guess I'm I don't understand people like you know <laughs> you don't give yourself enough credit no. overall overall you could stand to give yourself we've all made terrible mistakes and dated terrible people we still must be smart functioning somehow so you should give yourself more credit I feel like I'm really proud of myself in all areas of my life except dating I feel like I'm really proud of myself in dating and no other areas of my life <laughs> just kidding not true Somewhat I'm so true. proud of her. <laughs> She's such a wonderful person. She's so good no, in so many areas. No, no but this I is do now think my podcast. It, it is. <laughs> Let me start crying. Um, there, I do think not that you can't be good at everything. I think we all get there eventually of like kind of figuring out that balance. But it does stand to reason a lot that when you've spent a lot of time focused on your career and that makes sense to you and you're good at that and you know how to do it. That then when it comes to this other area where you're vulnerable and you don't succeed by just putting in the hard work because another person actually has to do something too. Yeah, that's confusing. That's hard. I get that. Yes. Thank you. Mm -hmm. So what ended up happening was I had sent him another text because it was sort of like I would send a text or two and then he would respond and you know, like there was, and I never like felt bad about that. So I sent him another text that evening. Didn't hear from him for five days. Wow. And then the night before... So that was like a Wednesday and then on Sunday. And he knows. Like I was like, by the way, my daddy died. So if you disappear, right. um, it's going to trigger me so hard that I can't sleep. Right. You're not allowed to do that. Right. But can I ask why during that time you didn't 
call him or FaceTime him or try and get through to him in a different way? I guess because I had sent two texts and he had ignored both of them or hadn't responded to both of them. I do get that. And I tend to be a person that also I'm I'm stubborn about texting and I, I don't like to double text and I don't like to, you know. But I do think if you guys were like boyfriend, girlfriend, right? Yes. I think in that case, the text games can kind of go. Like I don't think you need to be texting all day long. But if there's someone that you're in an established, committed relationship with, and two texts don't work, yeah, I'd be calling them. I think I should have, but I think I also was like, you need to get out of this. Like, like you, you do. Like yeah. I was like, this mm-hmm. is not, you're not your best self. And right. I think what was so sad was that when he was there earlier, like I think he really was a good match and he brought out some really beautiful aspects of me. Mm-hmm. Um, like a really goofy, fun, lovely. You're always that, just so you know. Dolia. They're so naive. That's um, true. But, and, and a confidence, I think, and a mm-hmm. sort of, um, you know, like you said, I'm an Amazon, and he was like, we matched each other, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, we were alphas, and that was nice. And anyway, so, so yeah, so I didn't hear from him, and I was just like, well, I assume he's dead, or, you know, somewhere like, there's some trauma happening, there's a lot of going on in his life, I just kept making excuses, and then... Um, on Sunday, I woke up and he had a, oh God, this is so 2019. He had like an Instagram story and it was like him and like all these women laughing at him and filming him doing this thing. And like, I know. I'm Weird. Dahlia's face looks like she ate a bad orange. Like not even a lemon. Like it's not that sour. But it's like grosser. It's like that. It's disgusting. It's like, I really thought this was going to taste better. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So, so and I weird just, choice. Okay. I just fell to the floor and started crying. Like, oh. I was just like, okay. Mm-hmm. You knew. Mm-hmm. You didn't do it. So I wrote him um, that I had changed my flight and I wouldn't be seeing him. And he, an hour later, texted, okay, I understand. And that's it. Yeah. So no closure. And it's killing me. Well, a word about that. Um, the thing with closure, and I find myself saying this a lot lately because I, uh, I just run into this a lot, where someone like you wants closure and that's not something that he can give you, even if you think it would be better if he was like, this is what happened, this is where I am. Yeah, that would be a little better, but it would still really hurt You know, it's not going to hurt less from hearing a reason why. So closure, this is a Dan Savageism. I have to credit him. But closure is something you take for yourself. You know, it's you deciding to be done. It's you deciding to walk away. It's you deciding to have closure. I think what was hard about this is you knew you should walk away. And you stuck with it because you are who you are. And that's beautiful. But you didn't. That meant that the the control, the power didn't get to be yours. He took it away from you. And he was so capable of making you feel confident and powerful. And then he robbed you of that. And it didn't give you the chance to say, I'm done with this. I choose to have something more than this. I deserve more. It made it so that you just kind of had to give in to him not giving you what you needed. So I don't fault you for not walking away when you did. Because, I mean, a lot of times, even if you know that's what you should do, it's just a human thing to be like, but it, I just, I can't, I can't, like I have to stay here and see because I care about this person and I believe in them and they told me these words and I'm going to believe them. And the good thing is you didn't stay longer than that. You didn't see the Instagram thing and then call him or text him then and be like, what's, you know, like you could still be going through this cycle. And that's what I was a little worried about. When you first came to me with this, when you guys weren't sleeping together yet, I was like, how long is this going to go back and forth? Not in, you know, a judgy way, but just like, I know how these things go. And it could be, babe, babe, I'm sorry. I love you. I'm here. And then disappear and then come back. And then, and it unfortunately is really easy too with tech, when your main mode of communication is like text, phone call, whatever, your long distance is very easy to disappear and come back kind of fluidly. So I was a little worried he was going to just keep you there and you were going to miss out on the rest of your life. Because that's another hard thing about long distance is it makes you so you're kind of not present 
in your day to day because you're just with this person in your mind. So I hate him for doing this to you. I understand that you're a kind, charitable person. So you're like, no, but he's still a really good, sweet, generous man. But I would encourage you to be a little angry at him, dude. I am so in the anger phase. Good. So good. I'm like, every time I start feeling sad, like, because I think, because I, I hear what you're saying with closure. I think there are two different things going on. Um, is there's the four and a half year old that like wants to know that like not all men leave, and I can look at like my track record and know that not all not men all leave. men leave. Mm-mm. But that that four and a half year old thinks that. Yeah. The thirty four year old. Hello. Wonderful thirty. I'm the <laughs> best I've ever been. By the way, <laughs> um, my thirty four year old self is like. Are you fucking kidding? Yeah. Are you yeah, fucking yeah. <laughs> kidding me? Like, where I just go, I want a goddamn apology. You are a 50-year-old man. Mm-hmm. Like, he has had multiple marriages. It's not just me. You had a good woman. You fucked that up. And you knew about my dad. Right. You knew that. That wasn't like a mystery in our relationship. Mm-hmm. I asked you for that. You tried to give it to me. You at least can say... I'm sorry that I wasn't able to do that. And of course, he can't because he's fucking not able to. Because he hates himself, obviously. And because he's like living out his self-fulfilling prophecy of, I don't deserve a good woman, wah, wah, wah. And like, I must be bad at relationships, which yeah, you probably are. You should probably talk to me, but whatever. You've had some failed relationships. He's obviously thinks he's not good at relationships. He probably started it with you and then was like, I know I'm going to disappoint this person. So let me just disappear before I can really let her down. Like, before it gets serious. You really did, though. Yeah. You still really <laughs> of managed course. to fuck me over. But that's the thing that people sometimes do, where they're like, I I know I'm going to hurt them, so let me just do it real quick now. Because that'll be less painful somehow, or I'll be less responsible. Or I warned them, I told them, and then it leaves that person like, what the fuck, we talked about this. You said you weren't going to do this. You can't even be man enough or woman enough or person enough to give me some closure. And it's like they hate themselves so deeply. And that's not an excuse at all. But that's where I'm like, he's a wonderful, generous man. Yeah. He's just a tiny boy in a big man's body. And I just feel so sorry for him. And that's where I'm like, let me be friends with you. I'll fix it. Don't worry. No. And I'm in this cycle. Yeah. Dahlia, I can fix it. Please, let me. (laughs) If he isn't taking steps to fix this on his own, you are not his mother. You are not his therapist. I don't care if he's a tiny boy in a big man's body. They're going to know who he is. (laughs) (laughs) But there's so many tiny boys in big man's bodies. Are you kidding me? I dated a 68-year-old that was a tiny boy in an old man's body. I I would say a large part of men in Los Angeles are this thing. (laughs) So there's no hope and I'm going to move to Canada. Well, not a bad idea. I do encourage people to import. Great. But those people, just like us, can do the work to get better at relationships. And that's a choice. And you don't need to make those excuses for him. And nothing you did or said was going to change him or fix him or heal him. So what we need to figure out with you, because another thing that you kind of said to me was like, is that, do I, am I just always going to pick men that leave me? Am I just always going to pick men that can't do this? I feel like I use the phrase unavailable men. Unavailable. But... All these things make me want to cry. (laughs) Um, I think you're not always, but you have to really decide that the fixing part is not interesting to you. Like you have to decide that for once you want someone who's going to take care of you. And then in order to do that, you have to not take care of them in the beginning. And that means if they come to you like, I have this problem and that problem, but you're going to save me or heal me or you just make me feel so good. You can just be like, Cool, figure that out. I'll be here when you're done. Or like, cool, I'm okay with you having issues, but this is what I'm going to need from you in the meantime. And if you, like, I also do believe that people step up when they're made to and not a moment before. So if they've just had people like coddling them and telling them nice things and doing everything for them, mothering them, therapisting them, whatever, they have no reason to improve. But if they encounter someone who's like, I'm actually not going to do that for you. If you want to meet me up here, come on up. Otherwise, I'll be moving on. That's when people step up or they don't, but you don't waste any more time on it. And you don't need to take it personally. 
That's so badass, Dolly. <laughs> How do you do that? I mean, one thing is you have to real objectively look at yourself and just be like, why are you into this person? Does he seem like an available person? And if you want to just continue having stories and adventures, by all means, go for it. But this person might lie in something that doesn't look quite as exciting from the outside. And then it might actually turn out to be way more exciting to be in a relationship with a healthy, kind person Mm -hmm. who can be there with you. That's like exciting in a different way. But you say like a lot of your relationships start as like a whirlwind. And I 99% of the time warn people off of that. I'm just like whirlwind does not equal lasting. Once in a while, sure, there's beautiful love stories. But more often than not, a slow burn is better than like a huge flame at the beginning. And if you're getting that feeling again of like, oh my God, it's just so amazing and everything lines up and he makes me feel so good and we see each other every day and we talk all the time and we love each other, like slow down. And when they tell you something like, I'm a bad at relationships, I'm going through this, I have this baggage, listen, listen to what they're saying. And don't think that if you do the right thing, you're going to heal that part of them. Assume that part of them is going to stay there and it's not going to change. So is that something where you can still get your needs met as well? Because if not, you need to move on. And I know it's like so hard when you get caught up in that kind of a thing to walk away from it. But you just, you have to like shift your priorities from fixing someone to letting someone take care of you and like take a step back. You were dating a guy... When you started dating this guy, who was so nice and into you. Two guys. Because I was trying not to get too... I'm a very loyal person. And once my heart is like there, I'm like, fucking ride or die. I will be with you for life. Like, my ideal relationship is like an Obama's. You know, like, I Mm -hmm. want to, like, Mm -hmm. be two individuals, like, partner, like, I got your back through thick and thin kind of thing and Mm -hmm. I think I'm really capable of that like I think once I find the right person it's I am have a lot to offer great but once you find the right person they'll offer a lot to you so just keep that in mind yes yes please we know you have a lot to offer you don't need to offer it so much and so quickly I mean let them (laughs) offer something to you because you're like here look at what I can do for you and I just want to please you and I'll make you happy and it's like we know we know (laughs) You know, it's yeah. like it, to to kind of use an acting reference. It's like it's like playing. It's like being the character, and then like being the character. You know what I mean? It's like when you're like, it's like we can if you're if that's inside of you, which it is. You don't need to also play it on the outside. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yes. Like you're gonna be a kind, loving, supporting, giving everything wonderful partner no matter what Mm -hmm. you don't need to lead with that that's clear it's written all over you you could lead with like what do you got yeah I think even before this guy I walked into it really actually in a pretty healthy place Mm -hmm. and I I even think I was doing that to Mm -hmm. a certain degree Um, because I was dating this very lovely man that I just didn't he didn't feel like my match like I kept wanting it to be my match how many dates did you go on Uh, four or five not enough yeah oh not enough not enough because he was like, I want you to be my girlfriend. And I was like, I am not ready for that because I don't know you well enough. Like, it felt like he was kind of rushing. And that turned, like, I was like, no, no, no. I don't I don't want to rush into this. Well, I will commend you for that because you easily could have been like, well, that feels good and reaffirming. So let me say yes, even though I don't feel it. But I would also say, I don't think that four or five is enough dates, especially given your history mm-hmm. of, like, being drawn to immediate connection and like I know what my match is Mm -hmm. I'm gonna venture to say that you don't and if you want to be attracted to a different kind of guy a guy that can actually offer you something in return that takes a little bit of habit breaking which takes a little bit of faking until you make it so it's not gonna feel the same it's not gonna feel like you're my match I know it it's not gonna feel like this just feels so right it's gonna feel like I don't know. I guess it's not bad. I'll keep going. Like, you're not bad after two drinks kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And then eventually it'll start to wear a new groove in you. You know, like right now you're very one groove and you need to kind of switch gears to the other groove. Mm -hmm. All kinds of machine references. I don't know. You are a record. (laughs) A really nice record. But also a CD in some ways. So make sure your VHS tape is... (laughs) 
Rewind. But you know what I'm saying? Like, it's not going to feel... You right now associate love with a very specific feeling. And it has led you down a certain path, which is not a bad path, but has caused a certain result, which is you generally aren't getting back what you're putting in. Mm -hmm. And so to build a new feeling... It feels weird and awkward for a second and clunky. You know what I mean? And it's going to be like, we've been on four dates and I don't want to rip your clothes off. Like, probably we should stop. But if you also don't want to kill them (laughs) and you're not repulsed by them, I say keep going. Nothing to lose. If he says, I want you to be my girlfriend, you can be like, not ready for that yet, but let's keep seeing each other. I did. And then he was like, well, once you know what you want, come find me. And I was like... No, but not like in a sexy way. Like I was like, come on, man, just can we go on on one more date and like figure it out? Like, and he was just like, no, I know what I want. You know, and I was like, okay, so this isn't about me anymore. This is about you and some ex-girlfriend. Right, sure. No, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, okay. And I got out of that and I was like, this is great. And so I feel like, I feel like habits are changing. Mm -hmm. I think I was afraid this would be a huge setback. And it's actually now that I'm getting further away, I have really good girlfriends, Mm -hmm. like, you um that you know I'm kind of remembering my worth I think it just triggered me him ghosting basically triggered me so hard in the dead dad place that I had a hard time seeing my grown-up self you know and now that I'm here I'm but I think you're right like I'm like I don't have good new habits I don't know what to do next to do something healthy I do think I mean right now my instinct is like I'm going to go to the desert and never be with anyone and start a ranch. And when all my friends, like husbands die, they'll come live with me. Like, this does not sound like a bad life. I I'll go. There's, yeah, <laughs> sounds great. Like, when you guys, like, I'll just, like, I'll set it up. See y'all in 30 years. I got some dogs. Like, this sounds very nice. Um, so that does sound attractive to me. And if there's, so I'm, but I am interested in this because it's, I do think that there is something to, having that romantic partnership that I haven't experienced yet or haven't in, you know, I think I had it with Paul. It's been a minute. Why did you guys break up? I don't think I was ready for it yet. Mm -hmm. You know, and also he lacked ambition Mm. and I love you, Paul, but you know, you did at the time. (laughs) (laughs) He, in like the, like years since we broke up, like I was always like, are we going to get married? He's like, maybe if you get accidentally pregnant. And I was like, oh, that's not what I want. You know, and like he would probably say, I was kidding. Were you? Mm-hmm. So, like, <laughs> were you? I love you, Paulo, so much. But I think, you know, that there was this sort of, I wasn't ready for it. And so I came up with a bunch of reasons to jump ship, and I did. Yeah. You know? And again, I think that for whatever time that was in your life, I'm assuming it was your 20s, yeah. is the right time to do that that is i think early to be signing up for just a cozy domestic life mm-hmm. some people do it it's fine but i think that at that point to jump ship is like totally kosher and fine and now you've had a few more adventures and experiences and you'd probably appreciate a relationship like that a lot more you know and you're probably much more ready for it now but we have to go through the stuff to get there and i also think when we are breaking down habits it almost always happens that then there's one final test. You know what I mean? Like, it's like it comes out of the earth and it's like, are you sure? And you have to go down the road one more time. It's like the alcoholic thing, like rock bottom. Yeah. You One more time, you really got to go there. All the way go there. Make those real good juicy mistakes again, the ones you're good at, mm-hmm. to really feel that pain and decide... I don't want to do that again. And that doesn't mean you'll be done. might happen again. We don't know. But hopefully, you know, I don't think it's like a sign of like, oh, a huge setback. I actually think it's a step forward because I think it's that final hurdle before you say like, we're not doing this again. And next time I'm going to recognize it before I let it take me over. And each time if you get out two days sooner than you did last time, that makes me happy. You didn't let this go on for a year, you know? You didn't let all these other opportunities pass you by. You didn't move across the country. You saw it out till you couldn't see it out anymore. And that's not a bad thing. You don't need to be mad at yourself for that. You know, you don't need to question your judgment. I think this was your final test. And now you're through it. That's the only way to get over it. I really would love that to be true. I did think, I was like, if this was a story, this would be like, if this was Nintendo, this would be like the the 
Grand Pumbaa. I don't remember what the bad guy was named. So let's, if this was, <laughs> you know, like it does feel like, wow, that had everything in it. Like the, just all yes. the issues were kind of wrapped up in one person. And I was like, finally, I found the person. And it was like, no, this is not the, the things that really matter. He just yeah. can't do right now. He can't do it. Not right and now. And that's okay. Yeah. But you don't need to wait for him to be able to do it. And you don't need to take it on that it's you who couldn't make him do it. Mm-hmm. I also will say, I just caught one other thing you said earlier, was that you really liked him because you were both alphas. Mm-hmm. Um, just going to, you know, push on that a little bit. That I don't think two people in a relationship should be the same thing. Mm-hmm. I think there needs to be a balance. And so if you're an alpha... You might need a beta or if you're an alpha in your work life, you might want to be more of a beta at home to attract, eh, she likes that, uh, to attract the more alpha male, but then just know what kind of what you're getting into. And I would look more for an internal alpha than an external alpha. You know, like someone has to show how manly they are all the time. That's not a real alpha. You want someone who's just got like a solid core and wants to take care of you but to attract that person you have to let them take care of you you have to not do the work and you have to just be like this is what I need which I think you don't want to ask for but you totally should because you can totally get it I think it's like when I say alpha like I can't tell you how many men like I'll go on like I tried to I was basically single for like three years Mm -hmm. by choice because I was like Mama needs therapy and to just get the men off the table and to do this, do this work um, on myself and feeling strong. And I'm really grateful for that time. Um, but then I like got back and this was in New York, but I got back onto the dating scene. I am five foot ten. I am accomplished. I went to an Ivy League school. You are I, stunning. I fucking love you. It's funny because my mom was always told me like, you're, you're not beautiful like a Barbie. Like she uh, always told me that, and then you... You're more beautiful than a Barbie, 100%. But, like, when you walked in here with your eyelashes and your blonde hair and your pink top today, I was like, I can't. That's too much. Sorry. I'm like a little redheaded elf, and you're like... <laughs> it's an Amazon Barbie come to life. I mean, if you were single. I mean, just, yeah, I mean, for sure. I mean, you would already be taken so many times over. <laughs> but, like, you know, I think that... And then with... Some like they'll be like, so tell me about your ex boyfriends, and then that won't go well because I've dated some people that they might admire. You know, like it's like I feel sure. like people get so scared of me, which is why I say alpha because I, I think you're right. Where it's like it's a core thing where it's more like, are you a man? I don't need an alpha. I need a man. Mm-hmm. I need someone that shows up. Mm-hmm. That's that's what I need. I think to deal with that, I my guess is when you go on dates, you come on very like together and fun and outgoing and you'll keep the conversation going and you've got a joke and you're da 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 and that is gonna attract people who don't want to do any work so I think when you go on a date you need to sit back a little bit and when they ask you about your ex-boyfriends you can be like I don't really like to talk about that okay you shouldn't talk about that on first date anyway but like you're you're also someone who's like kind of an open book and you'll they'll be like tell me about and you're like so um and then you're like go and it's like it wouldn't kill you to hold back a little bit. Not in a, like an uncomfortable way, but to be like, we can talk about my ex-boyfriend some other time. Like, get me another drink, you know? That's, and, and, and do less. Just do less. Just sit back and relax. This is my entire, like, education and acting. But really? I also, <laughs> I just be like, Alex, um, what are you doing? Like, I'm, I'm doing a character right now. Don't do it. Don't do it. It's already there. That's the thing is it's already there. We see you're accomplished, you're beautiful, you're funny, you're stunning, you're smart. So you can just like sit back and be like, you're welcome for being here. What do you have to show me? Isn't that like an asshole move? You because you could not be an asshole if you tried that you doing it your goodness still shines through. It just then looks like oh this is a woman who like is going to ask me to step up. And people feel good when they have to step up for another person. They don't feel good when they're babied by another person. Because it just makes them feel small and just kind of pathetic. And that's when they retreat into their, I can't do this place. Whereas when you're sitting there like, I know you can do this. And I'm going to wait for you to do it. They'll do it. And then they'll feel really effing good about it. So I think, 
maybe listen a little more, maybe sit back a little, just trust that who you are shines through, but let them tell the stories, let them impress you, let them buy the drinks, don't talk about your ex-boyfriends, and just like the right one will just like want to woo you and charm you, and then you can tell them all your stuff, you know, a little later when they've earned it. You know I have a web series called Alex's Exes. I do know that. Alex's exes. I thought about doing that once. I was like, what would it be like to get all my ex-boyfriends in a room together? That would be so interesting. It was pretty fun. Was there a common denominator with anything? I think I have a very eclectic mix Mm -hmm. of people, actually. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I think all of them were kind of like, I wasn't ready for you. It's actually the common denominator. Is all of them were like, and I think that's why I I diminished myself is because I was like, they would be like, you know, I just like, showed up and I realized how not I was, you know? Well, but part of that, and part of that is them, Mm -hmm. but part of that is also you, uh, not to like blame you in any way, but it's part of it is you kind of not making them be ready for you, you know? Because you were like, it's okay, I'll do everything, I got it. And it's like, yeah, then they're going to feel very small and like, I'm not enough for her, I can't do this. Whereas if you're like, I need you, I need you to help me, and I'm going to let you do it. People change dramatically when they are made to. Yeah. You know? So I, I, I wouldn't say like, well, that's your fault. But I would say there, there is, it is important to look if they all say, I wasn't ready for you. It may be that you're attracted to guys who aren't ready for you, but it also may be that you didn't give them the chance to be ready for you. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think it's more of an ability I think that's probably very true and I think um, a large part of it is also just finding unavailable people because it right. like how, how the, it, the harder the better let's climb this hill because then you'll feel real real good when you win that is love man. yeah that's love it is earned great stories yeah conflict first yeah totally know? let's get you a boring story let's go a really boring story where it's just like and then he loved her and he was nice <laughs> He and she did. was nice. She was and they were about nice. Him abandoning her. He texted it back. <laughs> Even if he wasn't good at it, he realized that it would make her happy. So he did. The end. The yeah. end. What a beautiful story. I'm going to take a moment to thank you for coming on and sharing um, and being open and beautiful and loving. And also, matchmaking moment. If anyone wants a 510. <laughs> Stunning, better than a Barbie doll, accomplished, writer of a new TV series, hilarious, smart, just, I just can't say enough adjectives. You can look her up at a girl Alex on Instagram. You can hit her up. You can hit me up. You can email notyourtherapistpodcast at gmail.com because I know you're all going to want a piece of this, but you better be ready to step up. Okay, and then I'm going to give you some homework because that's what I do. Okay. So I've been thinking about it, and I think what you should do. She just punched me in the boob. Okay? Uh, That's the kind of relationship. Um, We used to be experimental theater actors in Amsterdam (laughs) together, and I just feel like everyone should know that. Everyone should know that. Um, My homework for you. Because I think you, so what you need, because one thing um, that you said to me right when we stopped recording for a second was like, well, should I have just made him step up? And like, that's not what I'm saying. You can't make someone step up if they have a million things in their life and they've already told you that they can't do it. You just have to believe them and walk away. But what I am saying is like, give someone the chance on the first date or in the first encounter. If you're not doing everything, you'll quickly find out if they can do it for you. And if you're doing everything, it's going to take you a while to figure out if they're ready or not. So it's just a little shortcut of like, and also sometimes it can make really boring seeming people more interesting when instead of you filling all the blanks, you like sit back and let them do it. And then like, oh God, I got to do something. And then, wow, they can do something. Anyway, your homework. I'm so excited for homework. Is, so when your show gets picked up and you're going to go up to Canada to shoot it and you're going to import a sweet, nice Canadian man, but ideally for you what I want is one of the crew guys. So are there any crew guys out there listening, we want someone who's good at their job, capable, good with their hands, hopefully strong because they have to carry things and like move things. But all eyes are on you. You still get to be the center of attention, but they're just like there to make you look good. 
And but they also have a lot to offer. Like when you're quiet in the quiet at home moments together, they're just like, but they don't need to show off in front of a camera. So what I'm going to say is no more actors. Hopefully, I'm going to say probably not writers because now you're a writer. So that's just like maybe too much. I'm not 100% opposed, but like I just want to move behind the camera to maybe the DP, maybe the first AD, maybe a grip, someone who's a really good grip. Don't mind a good grip. Don't mind a good grip. <laughs> so, Hi. yes. Hi. Are you grip? Well, grip it. Oh, okay. Is that flirting? Hey. Want it? Gripper. Grip. <laughs> I come grip it. Is that good? Um, I'm very might, good at flirting. This might be an example of like, let them come to you. Hi, come here. What you're going to do is just make eyes at all the crew and keep your eyes off of the actors. Yes, ma'am. Like the scene cuts. You look to the crew. Oh, hello. <laughs> Hi, how are you? No, I'm single, you know? <laughs> Hi. No, but on the last day, you could give your phone number to whichever one you've chosen. Okay. You could just hand it to them and be like, it was really nice working with you. I'd love to get a drink sometime. What if they me to me? Are you going to grab their penis as you walk out? Nope. Then you're okay. Okay. And are you going to say like, and if you don't ask me out, you'll never work in this town again. <laughs> I will destroy you. <laughs> but I think crew. I think crew yeah. is where it's at. We want right. someone big, strong, burly, good with their hands, quiet. Like an Adrian. Like an Adrian, but <laughs> I What a great that. story that was. <laughs> Sex in the City. Have you seen it? I resist this. Um, but that kind of man, but who also, when you like go to the drink and you sit there like smiling and not filling on all the blanks, he can be like, so tell me about your family. And then you can so tell him. <laughs> no, and maybe, maybe hold off on that part for now. But does this homework make sense to you? Yes. So I have to wait about a year and a half. Uh, until... You're going to have jobs before then. Okay, great. But just like keep an eye out for when you see a guy, ask yourself, even in your daily life, would he be an actor or would he be a crew guy? If he'd be a crew guy, you have my blessing. If he'd be an actor, you run the other way. <laughs> no offense to actors. I just think you're an actor and you tend to attract actors and you really fall for that charm and that spark right away. We just want to try something different. And the jawline. The jawline. I have a jawline problem where I love them. Okay. That's a problem. My mother has pointed out as one of That's my That's because you have flaws. such a good jawline. <laughs> so you're just like, someone must match my jawline. I think it's just like a brawny man sort of like... But the brawny man... But keep in mind, crew guys have beards, so you might not know what's underneath. Great. But you can find out. But you're not allowed to shave it for them. No. <laughs> they have to do but it. But if they shave it, that's a nice thing. Yes. If I want them to, but I don't know. I like a beard. You tell them whatever you want and you'll get it. He's a crew guy. I'm so excited about my crew guy. Yay! I think this is right. This yeah. is right. This is yeah. right. I also wouldn't be opposed to a guy like an inch or two shorter than you, but big and broad who can like handle it. Sounds great. Yeah, great. So I've dated men that are shorter than me. I and think older it's older and <laughs> As long as it's a good story, it's we'll like a take them off. <laughs> okay, so Tell good us, yeah. homework. Homework. I want to hear about your new crew guy boyfriend. I gotta book a job and then I'm gonna find him or, or date on find. One. I'll work on it. Listen to my online dating episode. I did already. It was you, very good. Oh, thank you. Will you help me choose pictures? <laughs> yes. Okay, okay, bye everyone. Bye. Thank you. Just the tip, a dating tip. I already touched on this a bit with Alex, but I would say in general, if you are someone who ends up doing a lot in your relationships and fighting for a relationship a lot and trying to convince someone to be with you and trying to convince yourself that they're gonna be with you, do less. Just do less from the very beginning. And I think you set this precedent on the first date. If you're someone who comes in real hot with all the stories and all the taking care of someone, sit back and let them take care of you. And it also depends on the role you want to play in your relationship. If you want to be the caretaker in the relationship, then by all means, do, 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 do. But if you're someone that's like, I really want someone who can take care of me the way that I take care of other people, then that requires you letting them. And I did talk about this a lot, but I can't stress it enough. When you go on the date, if your instinct is usually keep the conversation going, decide that's not your job. Decide to find out what happens if you let the silences sit there a little bit, if you... Sip your drink, smile, 
and let them step up to the plate because nobody steps up to the plate if we don't make them. So go ahead and wait. Wait for that silence. Nothing bad is going to happen. You can share all your stories that you usually share a little bit later, maybe on your second or third date when they've really earned it. But if you want someone who's going to do the work in the relationship, make sure they're willing and able to do the work from the beginning because you know you're eventually going to do plenty. So there's nothing wrong with taking a little step back and relaxing on your first few dates. If you have dating questions, comments, concerns, email us at notyourtherapistpodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram, notyourtherapistpodcast. Rate and review us. That's fun. Thank you to my beautiful producer, Chris Bartolucci. Thank you to Alex Henriksen, Girl Alex, our gorgeous Amazon stunning writer. And if you're interested in her, hit me up. And thank you to all of you. And thanks for making dating fun.